Carly Walton, and this is the Teach Music Online Podcast, a show where you'll find weekly tips and strategies for growing your music business. I'm all about automating business tasks, growing through social media, and teaching with the best online tools. I love the month of January. I think it's an amazing opportunity to reflect on the past year and to have a fresh start with new beginnings and new intentions. Three major categories that I like to focus my goal setting on are these three categories, family relationships, self-care, and financial goals or, or income goals. I think that it's easy to get overwhelmed with all of the many ideas and lots of things and people posting on social media about these huge goals and maybe this huge long list of goals. I'm really not one of those people. What I like to do is really reflect on these categories, on family relationships, how how I'm spending my time and giving my attention to people that I love in my life. Also, self-care. This is so important. Am I healthy? Am I eating wise? Am I exercising? Am I reflecting? Am I journaling? Am I reading my scriptures or doing my, my study work? Things that I like to do as a part of my self-care. And then looking at finances and business goals. These are huge. These set the intention for the year. And without them, we just kind of let your business and let money happen to you. And I don't think that that's a great way to think about money. I like thinking of these three categories and really imagine myself embracing those goals and envision myself being that person who does all of these things really well. As I envision the person who has a great relationship with all of her kids, I can I can see her. I can see how she talks. I can see how she spends her time with people. Um, the same thing goes for financial numbers. If I have an income goal that's a certain number, and I envision what I would be like with that number in mind, I I can instantly see maybe how I spend my day, how I start my day, how I set business goals. I also envision a person who gives back, who gives to charity, who looks for nonprofits to support. And that's how I like to think about goals versus thinking um, I'm never going to be that person or that feels so far away. I think we can actually be that type of person now. And that helps us to achieve a lot of our goals much faster versus looking at the past. In today's episode, we are focusing on income. And I hope that doesn't make you cringe or run away or want to run and hide in your closet. (laughs) But my hope today is that by breaking down really how to set better income goals that make sense, um, it'll help you to be more excited about looking at your finances versus running from them. Before we dive into the specifics, I wanted to share a little bit about my income journey with debt and finances. Many of you know who've listened for a while that I attended Berkeley College of Music in Boston, which I love Boston, by the way, my favorite city. I We just went back in October and it was so fun for me to walk around Berkeley College of Music with my family and visit all of the playgrounds in the area <laughs> because that's what you do when you have toddlers. <laughs> and I was like, I had no idea Boston had the greatest playgrounds. <laughs> so I loved studying at Berkeley and I feel so grateful to my parents who were extremely supportive of my dream along with many wonderful music mentors, piano teachers of mine. But Berkeley comes with quite the price tag. So I did what most college students do, a lot of college students do, 
And I took out student loans. So every semester, almost every year, I had to take out loans. I worked as much as I could to pay for housing, um, but I had to take out loans to pay for school. And I was a bit uneducated, I would say, about interest rates, um, paying your debt back. And I mean, I should, I wish I had known so much more. Regardless, I'm, you know, you know, now thinking about my education at Berkeley, I'm so grateful. But debt was something that I was ashamed of and I was embarrassed about. At the time, I was single and I hesitated to ever bring it up to anyone that I dated for obvious reasons. That I had this enormous number, this enormous um, amount attached to me. <laughs> Quite literally attached to me. It was, it, was con- it was consuming. It was frustrating. With the high interest rates, I thought I would be paying off my student debt for at least 30 years. I mean... It was, it was overwhelming. Well, luckily, this story has a very happy ending. My husband, Mike, is very money conscious. He graduated from college debt-free, and he worked hard to stay debt-free since then. Together, we had made a plan to knock out my student debt as quickly as we could. So our first three years of marriage, we cut all of our spending. We spent 150 a month on groceries. We never ate out. I mean, I, I can't, I can probably count on one hand the number of times we ate out in those, in these first several years of marriage. We just didn't because we were, we were, we had this huge goal. We went on hikes for dates. We, when we traveled, we stayed with family. We did every single thing we could to increase our income and send every extra penny towards my student debt. So when I say we were paying six to nine thousand a month to pay off my debt, that's how we did it. And in a strange way, I'm so grateful for my debt and what it taught me about money and finances. It also also what it taught me about communication and budgeting. Because of this, I look at money so differently now. When I was paying off my debt, I had 50 plus piano students. But I also doubled my teaching rates, which allowed me to pay off that huge number in student debt per month. But I also couldn't believe the income I was creating for myself. And the reason I created it was because I had this purpose. I had this drive to pay off that debt. I am proud of what we were able to accomplish during those years. And I feel like it really set us up for success in years to come with how we talk about and deal with money. We paid off that debt in four years. And so I'm applying those same principles now to my business now and to our lives and our marriage and in all of our ideas and how we work as an entrepreneur, which is what you are when you run your business, when you teach any student, when anyone pays you and it comes straight to you and not through a boss or through someone that you're contracted to work with, you are running a business and you have so much in your control and in your on your side to make big changes. But they don't happen unless we plan and they don't happen unless we think ahead and unless we get some mentorship and guidance and accountability along the way. With all of that in mind, we're going to dive into five steps to setting smarter income goals. And I'm so excited to share these with you. I just did some live coaching calls last week. Um, one of them was public, so some of you listening may have been in attendance. And I presented this you know, financial plan and got such great 
um, feedback and excitement around the idea of really how, how a slight adjustment in how you think about your rates can make a big difference in the long run. So here are your five steps to setting smarter income goals. Number one is to think about the entire year, a much bigger picture. When you think about a big number or the entire year or how much you want to make for the year, you work differently. So for example, if last year you, maybe you made $50,000 in net income, so that's without any expenses, that's a great income and that, that's wonderful. But what if you said this year I want to make six figures? I hope to make 120000 or 100000 this year with my music businesses. Maybe that includes teaching and gigging and maybe you're creating a course. First of all, it's totally possible. I want you to know that. And when you have a bigger number in mind, you just think differently about what you charge and how much you teach. So the first step is to stop thinking about the one-on-one lesson, to stop thinking about what your neighbor is telling you you need to charge, to stop thinking about what that one parent said about raising your rates and leaving because you raised your rates. None of them matter. They They don't matter. They can go out the door and leave them in 2021. What matters is your vision and your goal and the motivation you have. Step two is to list out all of your business expenses. If you haven't done this already, it's going to be very helpful for you to think about how much you're spending on your business business expenses for the entire year. So that's going to include what you're spending on subscriptions, apps, conferences you're attending, studio rent, even gas, anything that you would expense as a part of your business is a studio expense. So all of that, um, also like Zoom subscription, um, if you're paying for Rock Out Loud or Musicology, everything goes into that. I hope that you have a little bit of an idea, but take a second and open a spreadsheet and write out what you're spending monthly on expenses. Um, And I also want to say business expenses are a good thing. Business expenses help you charge more because you have more value in your business. Also, things like memberships, conferences, um, subscriptions, they are help, They are your professional development. They're also your community. And you can charge for that, meaning you're going to work those expenses into your business. So it's not like, oh, I have to pay so much money to be a better teacher. No, it's a part of being a business owner is going through courses and subscribing to apps that maybe help you be a better teacher. It's totally normal. So listing them out is just going to help us be aware of it and help us calculate your net income. Step three is to project your income for the coming year. So this is project your current income. So multiply your current lesson rate by how many students you have and by how many months you teach. So either 12 or 10 months of the year. Sometimes teachers do a recurring payment. I hope you're all doing a monthly payment that's the same throughout the year. I hope that you're not calculating out how many weeks each student has lessons with you because that is just a complete waste of time. Um, They should be paying you the same every single month and you divide it up by how many lessons you teach. You figure out the math before they join your studio. We're going to subtract your expenses and I forgot to mention 20% for taxes or 15% whatever bracket you're in and let's let's figure out what your net income is going to be for 2022 if your studio stays as is so if you're if you figure out you're going to make $60,000 on lessons alone 
But then with your expenses, maybe you have 8,000 in expenses, you have around $52,000 in net income. Step four is to plan what you'd like to make or hope to make in net income. This is where it gets really, really fun. So this is where you think big. This is where you put that number aside and you say, I'm not gonna think about my current, what I'm currently making. I'm gonna think about what my dream is. And maybe that's 80,000, maybe that's 120, maybe that's 200,000. Everyone is different and has a different goal. This is where I'd encourage you to really think big and let's play around with some numbers a little bit. So write down a number, have it in your mind, choose a number that you feel like is a little crazy. Let's let's just not be conservative. <laughs> let's be let's be an amazing um, dreamer right now. Step five is to make adjustments that will help you reach that income goal that you just set for yourself, that dream number. So here is how we make the magic happen. Here's the adjustments that you need to make. The first thing is you're gonna reduce your expenses if necessary. If you're spending money on a studio rental but you can teach online, get rid of the rental space. If you are spending money, I don't know, on some subscriptions that you're never using or I don't know, maybe you have some equipment that you can sell to help reduce your expenses. Um, there are ways to reduce your expenses. And I would should probably do another podcast episode just on budgeting in general, but there are a lot of areas in your life you should be reducing expenses on, like which subscriptions you have with Hulu and, and Netflix and Disney, they all add up. And how much you're spending a month eating out, I've learned recently just some crazy numbers for what the average couple spends a month on eating like eating at restaurants and I it just like it it boggles my mind because that money can be gone can go towards would be better spent gone towards savings or paying off debt and I think because I had my initial start with recognizing um how much money is wasted and how much money could go towards paying off my debt initially. Now I just, I'm so frugal. <laughs> and we do, we actually do budget now for eating out. So we have a certain amount that we pay ourselves so we can do that and that's just fine. I think it gets out of control when it's like, oh, what should we go do? Eat out when it happens like multiple times a week. Um, yes, that was a tangent, but it's just my thoughts on where being aware of where your money is going. So the next adjustment that you're going to make is raising your rates. And this is the most fun part. So I'm going to walk you through this math and I'm going to put this also in the show notes so you can see it visually. But this is really, really simple math that I want you to um, to do for yourself. So the first thing we're, we the first number we need to get is your your total income um, goal. So your net income is without expenses. So if your net income you want is $100,000, but you spend $20,000 on expenses, your total income would be 120K um, that you make within your studio. For this example, we're going to say 100,000. So we're gonna say your net income goal is 80,000 and with assuming that around 20,000 is gone to taxes and expenses. So you want to make 100 grand in 2022. I think it's a great number. I think it's a great goal. And listen, this is going to blow you away to how easy this is. 
Let's say you have 40 students. If you don't, let's talk about your ideal number of students. What is your ideal number of students? Maybe it's 20, maybe it's 50, maybe it's 35. I'm going to say 40. I feel like for me, when I was teaching full-time, full-time, around 40 felt like my max (laughs) and um, also felt full. It felt like a full studio. So we're going to divide 100,000 by 40 students, which equals $2,500. That's how much each student is paying you every single year or within one year. We're going to divide 2,500 by 12, and that is how many months are in the year. So that gives you your rate of $208. So that is how much each student is going to pay you per month. And guess what? If you have 40 students paying you $208 a month, you will make $100,000 this year. Isn't that so exciting how you can create a number goal, think about the number of students that is ideal to you, and just do some quick math to give you what rate you should be charging. That rate is not set in stone. I'm not telling you at all that you're not worth more or less than that. This is just the backwards math to help you realize your rate is directly tied to how much income you can make in a year. So if you're still being conservative and charging $100 a month, at, at that rate, if you were charging $104 a month, you would make $50,000 this year with 40 students. So if we double your rate, we just, it's there's so much possible to you. And sometimes it's as easy as looking at the numbers and going, okay, maybe you are charging 200 a month, but you only have 20 students. So your goal is now doubling your studio. Maybe you're creating group classes. Maybe you're hiring, hiring other teachers, which of which, by the way, I teach everything, how to do all of these things inside the Teach Music Online course and membership. I also have rate calculators that help you know, they give you an idea, an estimate for what you're able to charge depending on your experience and level of teaching. But I also have a calculator that gives you these numbers as well, where you enter in all of your expenses, your income goals, and it tells you exactly the rate you can be charging or that you should be charging to reach that income goal. I want you to do this. I want you to actually go through these steps. So let me give you a quick recap of how you can set the best income goal for 2022. Number one is to get rid of 2021 and think bigger picture. Think about the entire year. Number two is to make a list of all of your business expenses and to come up with your expense number for 2022. Number three is to project your current income for the coming year. What are you currently making? What is your current number going to look like? And that's just to give you an idea for where you're at now and help you dream big. Number four is to plan what you'd like to make or hope to make net income wise in the coming year. And then number five is to make adjustments to your rates. Well, make a couple of adjustments. Reduce your expenses, raise your rates, and then recruit students. I would love to hear from you, and I want you to email me and tell me what your income goal is for 2022 and what your rate, what your new rate is going to be when you increase your rates. And my email is carly at teachmusic.online. I would love to connect with you. That's my favorite thing to connect with teachers who are listening to the podcast. And I can't wait to hear what changes you make to, to really create your dream ideal online studio or in-person studio. If you've been listening to the Teach Music Online podcast for a while, will you do me the biggest, hugest, nicest thing you could do? And that is to go over to iTunes and please leave me a review. I see 
how many downloads we get every single week, which is several hundred, close to a thousand. And I'm so thrilled that so many of you are listening to the podcast. And I also, I want to connect with you. So you need to email me. And then I also want to see your reviews on iTunes because that's going to help other teachers who are looking for help in their business find the podcast. And we want to help them as well. Thank you so much for listening. I am so excited for the things to come for you in this new brand new year of new possibilities, new opportunities for your business. Come and join us inside Teach Music Online if you've been considering it. This is the big year for change for you. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in. With 60 plus videos, online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast, the 10X level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.